Welcome to episode 254 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alrighty guys, welcome along to episode 254 of IM Talk with Coach John Euston and Bevan James Isles. How are you going, mate? Sensational. Sensational. Why are you sensational? Don't know, I just like that word. I just like it when you go, sensational. Sensational. Oh, well. How about you, Bevan? How are you? I'm in a world of hurt, John. Are you? You see me crippling around the house? Yes. I went to CrossFit yesterday. Oh, Have yeah. you heard of CrossFit? Yes, yes. And what they do at CrossFit is you go in, you do a bit of a warm-up, and then you kind of just do some max weights, you know, kind of easy stuff. Yeah. But then, then they do like a 20 minute, 30 minute circuit, circuit. which just blitzes yourself and it's quite competitive. And I was the new guy there, but there was a couple of guys there who were pretty sharp and they're trying to dominate me. And I end up winning, which I was loving at the end. <laughs> but I'm suffering because I'm for my win. Yeah, yeah I am yeah. suffering for my win. So that's okay. I'll survive, John, because I'm Good. sitting down for the next hour. Good. I am Talk is proudly brought to you by CoffeeSafari.com. The world's most. Oh, we won coffee for my dad today, aren't we? That's right. Yeah. About that. Yep. Athlinks.com uh, Social networking for endurance athletes And extreme endurance Your lactic buffer to help you go faster This week's show we've got some news We've got an age group of the week We've got a website of the week And then we have an interview, don't we John? With Sam Warner And if you want to get hold of Sam Warner's TT helmet I think it is from um, Ironman New Zealand You can get onto our auctions One day to go Part of a package with Andrew Hewitt and Gina Crawford Nice. I like the way you just tied that in there, John. Tied it in. Yeah. Okay, then. Well, let's have a look at some news. We've got some results from last weekend, and Ironman 70.3 Singapore was on. And let's have a look at these results, John. And Good Kiwi boy took it out. Chris Gemmell. Did da- you know he was David? doing it? No, I did not. Um, but when I, 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 when I just flicked onto it, I had uh, somebody racing who's actually, I think, submitted an age group of the week. Cam Hansen was racing. I think he finished about 34th overall. Not bad. And uh, but when I saw Gemma was leading out of the swim, I thought, all right, he's going to smoke them all. And uh, and he's a smart racer, and I think he would have just been racing smart, and not you know going as easy as he could just to win the race. Um, but he said, and I think in a comment, he was there to win, so uh, he did, and he did a 27-minute swim, 2:06 on the bike, and a 1:13 run for a total time of three hours 50 and 56. Is Gemma going to be one of those athletes who, once he finishes his um, ITU career, will then move on to longer distance? I would be. Not surprised at all if he tries to go straight to Kona after you know, really? basically doing uh, London Olympics next year, and then I would be, wouldn't be surprised. Twenty thirteen, we see him doing longer distance stuff. He's um, been sort of brought up in the German system because um, when he started racing for a club, a lot of us used to go over to France. He sort of went to Germany, and he's very good friends with a lot of the the, the Raylert brothers. We saw him in um, yeah. in Kona. He's friends with them, and also um, you know it's a long distance culture there in Germany, so he's well exposed to it. So and he's He's a bit of a bit of a McCormack a Macca, so he's a, he he loves all the facts and, and yeah. loves sport and stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him step up. And I think he's probably he's he's, he's strong across all three disciplines, and he would he would do very very well. Wouldn't it? Um, just depends if he can hang in there on the bike. He's pretty strong. He's not. He's not, he used to be weak as crap when he was um, when we used to race on the bike, but he's he's quite strong on the bike now. So if he can if he can uh, be within Kui of them coming off the bike. He's as good a runner as any of those guys, if not better. Okay, uh, James Kanana came in at second, and then Pete Jacobs came in at third place. It's a pretty strong field when you've got Patrick Verne there, Arafaris Sultan in sixth. Scott Nahidi. Yeah, for, Ki- for Kiwis, so pretty strong field. 
And the girl side of things. Guy Crawford there in 13th place. I know, I saw that good old guy go, you good thing. Um, And then female side of things, we've got. Jody Swallow DNF'd, I'm not quite sure what was going on, but um, Mary Beth Ellis, who's an American girl, ITU girl as well, um, took it out 421 from Amy Marsh and Michelle Wu. Okay, we don't normally do 70.3 results, but it's a slow news week, so then we're going to go and have a look at which results this, John. Uh, It is the one from. San Juan, San Juan, new one, uh, 70.3. Is it Juan? No, it's Juan. Juan, is Juan. it? Juan. 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 Uh, Tim O'Donnell took it out, Paul Amy second, Luke McKenzie third. And then the females, can you see the females? Uh, no, I'll put it up. Uh, no. Um, on the female side of things... <laughs> Kelly Williamson first, Kate Major second, Catelyn Snow third. So, all pre- again, pretty strong fields for, for Nina Craft there in, in eighth place. Cesare Ficker there. So, uh, after I guess, you know, people are starting their seasons a bit earlier to just start accruing those points. Emily Cox. Just wanted to say the name, to be honest. Um, other news, we're going to have a race from Spain or Uruguay, uh, but we don't get the results. The results a super try. Pura Polis was on last weekend, but it didn't get a result sometimes, so tough titties for them. Well, I mean, New Zealand has already sold out. When did it open last weekend? Yeah, it was only it only lasted a few days. You know, it was, um, and it's just crazy. I thought the crappy weather this year um, might have scared off a few of the Aussies and stuff, but no. Well, it's what interesting. A- it's really only been the last two years that we've had this problem. Like up yeah. until a year ago. Like I remember last year, I was doing a speech at some function. And this lady came up to me, and it was literally like three weeks after I met New Zealand or something. She goes, "Oh, I've heard it's selling out today." And I go, "Oh, don't worry, you got yeah. months." Yeah. And then I got home, and literally, I think it sold out the next day or something. And yeah. so, you know, when I, when I was doing I met New Zealand, you never had a problem selling it out. But the, the big reason for it is because I met Australia and Port Macquarie now only has half as many places because I've decided to put a seventy point three on, and that all those I, I'm pretty sure that's what's basically happened. The Aussies who normally do that go and bugger that. I'm going over to New Zealand. And um, I think, you know, what what will solve it is if they, you know, there's obviously been some rumours around possible Ironman in Melbourne. Yeah. If that happens, that'll ease a lot of the congestion on all these races and then, you know, people won't necessarily miss out. Do we know how um, Challenge Keynes is selling? Don't know. No, neither. Don't we know. Must, we have to find that out. Yeah, but that's the latest season race, you know. Often, often you know, when it's um, yeah, true. It's not a, sum, not a summer race. Um, Ironman China sells out as well, except for locals. So what's the story there? Well, they've, they've obviously got a, a number of slots for mainland Chinese because they want to try to expand that market. But, yeah, great for them. I mean, um, those Asian races often are a bit of a struggle, but it sounds like they've got 900 entrants, which is their cap, and they do a 70.3 on the same day. I think there's still a few 70.3 slots. Um, but, but good to see uh, the race going ahead and and Now, this uh, one that's been epic for the last few years, isn't it? Very hot. I think, again, I think they may have moved. I think they may have moved it again this year. So, okay, John. Well, we've got a few emails through this morning from lots of people actually just saying how Mecca has done a bit of a write up on our interview with Brett Sutton. So, he's written he's written a write up um, on his website, we Chris McCormick.com. Jeez, he's got 34,000 listeners, he is. <laughs> I mean, followers on his Facebook page. Nice. He is the face of our sport, really, isn't he? To the yeah. world, well, he's, and he's just good at the social networking as well. I mean, it's just. Yeah, but he's, he's but it's ama- as I said, it's amazing. Um, in the the triathlete magazines and stuff, you know, it used to be Crowy everywhere. Yeah. the year before last, and now so it's really, it's just Kona winners. It's just Macca everywhere. What about the girls? It's just Chrissy. So Rennie's uh, not actually uh, I did much. I haven't actually looked at it a lot recently, but um, still very much Chrissy dominant. That's interesting. Chrissy and it's no so. But he basically does he does a big write up on our interview with um, Brett Sutton, just kind of saying that. He's loving what Brett Sutton was saying in the interview. He thought it was a great interview um, because we did a great job. He doesn't actually comment on us, but 
<laughs> but he was just saying he thinks it's a great interview because he, he just agrees. He's had so many sports scientists over years telling him he's doing all the wrong stuff. Yeah. And he's like, well, mate, I'm out there and I'm winning. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I must be doing something right. And uh, and he just really agreed with a lot of the concepts that Brett Sutton was putting into the interview there. So if you haven't listened to the interview, go back and listen to it. Go to our website. He's actually put a link to um, our website in the page right there which is good yes. but if you want to read it um, I'll put a link to that on our website www.imtalk.me and you can read what he thought about our interview with Brett Sutton nice. so um, okay auction update auction update we've got uh, about one day to go before the majority of the auctions um, finish making some good progress um, we're up to I think we've got about 11 and a half thousand US dollars raised so far so and what, and what does that take us up to John about 14 and a half thousand New Zealand oh. so we're getting close to the target so I'm hoping a bit of last minute action and we'll uh, we'll get over there so it is the crap is still hitting the fan here in Christchurch you know obviously Bevan and I were sort of trying to crack on with things but um, it's still very very bad down here obviously the Japan Stuff oh. is, and also what's going on in Libya is, is really hogging the news. But um, I did see someone have a day which I thought was really interesting. They're saying um, something about you know they wish they were back on the news where it was like Honey complaining about some Maori rights or something. You know, like yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the news right now, you turn on bad. the news and it's just depressing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's hard. So times. Like my parents still don't have water, and there's, there's lots of people, mm, heaps of people that don't have jobs. You know, Bevan's one of them, but heaps of people lost their jobs. Schools are all over the place. But anyway, we're trying to get on with things. We've got some more items up there. Last week we added uh, the Norseman entry, um, and that's coming along nicely. Um, we've got in touch with a few people that were racing Ironman New Zealand. Marinda Carfrey has come to the party. And Big time, eh? Good Big one. time. She's basically giving her K-Swiss shoes that she won Hawaii Ironman last year, um, and they're up for auction. And look... Firstly, winning Ironman is, is an incredible feat, but running 2.53 and yeah. seeing that record, um, I think that record will stand for some time because the conditions were good. I mean, she had a sensational, amazing run, but the conditions were good. Uh, I, that record could stand for a long, long time. That time is just freakish, isn't it? Ah. 2.53 and an Ironman in the World Champs in Kona. In Kona, that's the thing. Like She could run, she could run faster than that in non-Kona conditions, but in Kona, yeah. if you haven't been there, it is just... It's, it's not flat. It is very difficult. Yeah, no, it's not an easy flat run. Yeah. You know, you've got some good little ups and downs in there. It's hot. You bug it off the bike to run a 2.53. So that's that's sensational. So, so you, you can own the shoes that yes. she ran them in, get them made in a beautiful plaque, have them in your office, and uh, maybe this is a pretty big one for your Australian listeners. They're, they're not a big size. I think I think they're size 8.5, so they're probably not going to fit many people. They might fit you, John. She's, she's, she's not that big a girl. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, that's the first thing that's been added. Then we've got a really cool package where we've got um, a tri suit from Joe Lawn, a tri suit from Brian Rhodes. Um, do you want to click on that one? Actually, I've got it here. Um, you get an IM Talk jersey. This is all one one package. But is that, that a certain size? Any, that... any size IM Talk jersey. Um, you get two of those funky calendars we talked about last week with all the. I forgot to put the link up. I'll put uh, that up this week. The, with, with all the uh, the sort of Euro athletes with uh, not, not too much clothes on. Um, you get an oomph skull cap. Um, you get a little book, a one that one hour workout book out that Melina and, and those guys have done, um, and that's all in one package. So that's a it's a good deal. You get some memorabilia and some good stuff you can use. Is that the the Stormy Dog as well? Yes, and then we've got um, got three mini packages. Nice. Where you get um, two calendars because I thought get two calendars. You have one for you, one for a friend. <laughs> you get an extreme endurance um, short sleeve sort of cycle try racing top. 
Uh, you get an oomph beanie and you get a copy of the Going Long, Going Hard DVD, which is the Epic Camp Length of New Zealand one. Um, if you want to just buy that yourself, you can go to stormyshop.com. Um, so we've got three of those little packages. Uh, they've all got bids on them so far, which is good. And then oomph have also come to the party as well. There's a, a, a speed suit. A male speed suit on there, and you get a beanie, um, brand new, um, going cheap. I mean, it's about 170 bucks US to, to buy it new, and um, I put it up sort of half price, and they both both got a bid on them. And then we've got a pair of Oomph com- women's compression tri sorts. I've got the male version of those, and they're awesome, and that comes with a beanie as well. Again, those are basically half price items, what you pay retail. So season's coming up get on it now now i know we've gone been going on about this for the last couple of weeks so we're just going to mention a couple of quick things there's a couple of challenge races that have no bids so you're in for a cheap race we've got challenge vinci vinci yeah and then challenge how does that one john oh well see kubaskinki was we thinking germany uh i can't remember what country that's that's in. probably a half um any other and then challenge challenge ventura which is the one over in the um, Canary Islands so you got to remember with these challenge races it can be for this season or next season yeah man there's a couple of them there's no bid so you're, you're going to get a cheap race look you guys are just doing awesome supporting this and I did get a few emails this week from people asking look we don't necessarily want to go on the auction but we want to support in some way so maybe what we could do this week if you donate to the show this week we can just say it's for the Christchurch well you've got my other little idea that I'm working on yep yeah, we'll look at that too later on yes but maybe this week, all donations that come through imtalk.me won't worry about us going to Kona. We'll just worry about the Christchurch earthquake. Okay. So we'll say all donations up until the auction finishes, yes. the second auction finishes for this week. Then if you just want to go on and give a couple of dollars towards Christchurch, that would be really great. Um, so just once again, thank you to everybody, all the pros, everyone who's helping out. And just also thank you to you guys for getting on and supporting it. We're going to get 15000 We're pretty happy about that. You know what I'm going to do, John? What? I take off my, my, my bomber jacket. Bomber jacket. <laughs> okay, so last week's discussion, we got Ben, this, um, the running man, Shaw. Shaw, like a seashore. Like a seashore. He always tells us that because we get it wrong. And he asked us, and it was a pretty good question actually, wasn't it? Because he asked us, um, oh, I'm trying to pull up the website as I'm talking here. He asked us, if you went to a, a race and the race director had stuffed up in some way, shape or form and had allowed for thins to be in the swim. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't affect your race. You could technically still be allowed to do it. Mm-hmm. Would you use the fins? Yes. And we've got lots of answers on this one. Christian Rose, I had a quest- I had this question for the Rotorua half last year. I'm such a slow swimmer that, that their rules would have allowed me to use fins in the race. In the end, I chose not to for three main reasons. Firstly, I believe as far as possible... I could should complete on equal basis with my fellow fellow competitors. Secondly, I think all my race should be comparable to each other, so I can see how I'm progressing. Um, but the big factor for me was thirdly, I hadn't trained with fins, so I had no idea how I'd race in them. So given the choice, I chose not to. It's interesting that they're allowed to do that, Marudura. Mm. Oh, I've never heard of that. Yeah, oh, crazy. That's crazy. Uh, Kyle Hamilton. That's a very interesting dilemma. Is it cheating if everyone is allowed to do it? No. I think either way I would be disappointed. If I didn't, I would feel like a, an asterisk would... Uh, if I did it, i feel there would be an asterisk next to my name. Um, or, especially if I got a PR. If you didn't do it, you would be resentful for the ones who did do it and beat you. Peter Colson, if I was racing for a Kona spot, I Wait, would... Wait, pull up. Okay. Yep. yep, I would. Because sure as hell, others going for Kona spots would. However, if, um, if Kona wasn't a possibility due to either poor talent on the bike or run or even just didn't want to go I wouldn't use them at the end of the day 
When Kona's removed from the equation, you really are just racing yourself. Roger Thompson, he's saying he would, yes. Um, but you cannot take the fins off for the entire race. Nice. <laughs> Same goes for a wetsuit in Kona. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, you wear one, but you have to wear it for the duration of the race. To be a few deaths, yes. it probably would. Bottom line, you race the race in front of you. If they cancel the swim, you don't go out and swim anyway. Uh, is it any different? Uh, it's a different race. Just like those who like to use iPods in the run. Yeah, yep, race the race. Um, Alison King, no, I get blisters on my toes from wearing fins too much. Anything over 500 metres, I would... Uh, Look a right plonker trying to get out of the water, disabled seal. But mostly I'd feel as if I was cheating myself. Jay Waters brings up a good point. He's saying when I'm in New Zealand was on shortened to a duathlon, people still took their qualifying spots. Same thing here. If it's in the rules, it's fair game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, let's see if there's any others that are cheapers. We've got a lot of comments this week. Big one, hey? I thought it was a silly question, but Ben, you nailed it. Yes. Uh, Tim Porter, does a fat dog fart? I want a Kona spot. Nice, nice. Uh, Joe Carrot. Oh, here we go from the pros. Depends on how long the run to transition one is. Nice. There's a lot of comments. Gary Fing, screw that. I'd pull out of the race and set up a a fin-selling stall at the expo, buying all locally available stock. Who travels with fins? I'd change over the odds to all those trying to get an advantage, charging them an extra $5 for a pair with an M dot on them. <laughs> I'd use all the proceeds to pay for another race entry where they hadn't screwed up. Uh, Robert uh, B. Lean, uh, of course you should. One should always try to get the most out of any possibility. Don't you use a disc? Well, if you can, if you, uh, if you can, if it can be offered. Jeez, I'm all over the place recently, aren't I? Um, so if you can cut a corner, do it. <laughs> it's interesting because you know I think most of us would say oh, I probably wouldn't because it's cheating but you do have that thing on the bike where everything is not equal you know yeah. you can buy yourself speed on the bike the running different story it's it's pretty much just you and, and you know it's even even playing field but on the bike it's not you know and even on wetsuits like yeah. nowadays with those those small suits and yeah. the and the water like in Kona you can wear this one well, is... yeah there's the, they keep changing the rules on that but uh-huh. you know, the uh, all, all the different brands have got them but yeah it is interesting because you know, initially my response is no no way is how I'd do it I think somebody does bring up a good point there it is actually probably quite hard swimming 4k with swims, fins I think oh yeah it, kill I, you I, kill your bloody tendons yeah kill your calves a bit so I think you'd have that to consider but I think yeah I, I probably agree with most people that said if it wasn't a qualifying race I'd be highly unlikely that I'd do it but if it was qualifying and if everybody else was doing it I don't know you, you would, wouldn't you? Probably would. If everybody was doing it. like. Uh, but even a 50-50, if you're turning up and you, let's say, let's say you're someone who's always, you've done seven Ironmen, mm. you've never got to Kona, and this year you've trained like an animal, and this is you, the you year. You do it. Everybody else is wearing them. Or, or even just 50% of the people are wearing them. Yeah. You know, you, 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 I, you probably want to do it. Well, I think that point up there is crazy. If you haven't trained with them. Yeah, because it could yeah. blow your race. Yeah, <laughs> It really would, and if you, you and we're assuming here, you're not. You maybe you find out on race morning. Oh, you'd be angry. And they're available. And yeah. You're like, oh God. You'd be angry if you missed out because yeah. someone else hit them. I suppose you could kick them off halfway if you um you didn't. And I wonder how much difference. I know. I know they'd make a big difference, but in terms of times, would it be five minutes, ten minutes? It would be I, a I lot know. of time, man. You when you put fins on, it's like a jet boat. It is. Yeah. I remember when I used to <laughs> when fast swimmers, and I'd have my swimmer that still be swimming next to me. Yeah, I, I would say it'd be it'd be close to ten minutes. I would have thought. Yeah, well, that's a big advantage. Yeah. You know, that's a qualification spot, mm. isn't it? Mm. So interesting dilemma. I like you one, Ben. Always oh, got another one. Ben's just delivering on the discussions of the week. He's just got after a big tough workout. What's the first thing you reach out for to eat? It's a pretty simple one, actually. Last week's one that was. A lot more interesting, but still, be in love your work. Nice. Sponsor. 
James Botel, James the Wise One Botel, actually sent through a bit of a, a bit of a piece about extreme endurance. He's saying I tried it out last year and really helped reduce the muscle soreness in the build up to uh, seven point three. And post race, the body felt great um, after some additional dosing. So now that I'm ten weeks out from Orlando seventy point three, the order went in with the IM talk discount twenty percent off. Sweet. Now it's processed and I'm looking forward to the longer runs and brick sessions with fresher legs. I felt my body definitely absorbed the training better and looking forward to the same results. Thanks for bringing this to the community. If you have Sammy on again, now did you ask this last time? I didn't actually listen. Uh, I'd be interested to see if there's any research on longer term use or whether the benefits are sustained over a longer, e.g. 90 to 120 day time period versus some data discussed in the past which is shorter periods. So we, maybe next time we've got Sandy on. I mean, he has said in the past that he's saying he should be using year-round. Yeah, he does. Um, he is a big advocate of. And I'm not sure if the, if you get accrued benefits or not. I think the one other thing, we had an email through this morning again, is um, just on their customer service, old um, Romeo and Juliet. They, yep. they bought a little bit, and um, they were moved. One, Juliet was going to back to the States. She's from sort of the Tucson area and um, they were trying to get it shipped and stuff and so when she was there and like they, they said it was awesome. They, I think they personally delivered it or something to really? them as they were coming past. So wow. you get good customer service. You know, we, we like to think their product's working really well but also, you know, the feedback we're getting in terms of customer service is great. So uh, get on it. Remember the discount code is IMTALK and if you're outside Europe and sort of the Americas region, if that's not an area they distribute to, you can just get in touch with them and uh, and try to sort out the and sort out the shipping. Before you put some music on, John, uh, workout of the month, extreme. Not a, no, uh, no, extreme endurance is the is what is it? Endurancecorner.com. Endurancecorner.com. So we've got a couple of posts up there in terms of strength swim sessions. So we're actually it's what's going to be good here. We're going to be getting Marilyn McDonald on in the next couple. Oh, of Oh, great! And it'll be a little bit different because often you know if we go to a coach or something, they're an expert, and they've obviously had you know, someone like I don't know Dave Scott or something yep. like that. They've been at a high level, whereas Marilyn was. A, a weak swimmer, you know, she was racing as pro, and she was a, she was a weak swimmer. She was over an hour, and I know there's lots of people out there over an hour. That's not we're not calling you slow, but for a pro, yeah, that is, that is slow. Yep. Um, so she'll bring a different perspective to the the ball, the you know, the table that we've seen before. So if you want to put up there some strength workouts you do, and, and just get some feedback on whether that's necessarily a good thing, or um, there's other things you could be trying. Get on the Facebook page. We've got a post up there. And just on our Facebook page, Sean Mills was actually asking for the discount code for Extreme Endurance. Remember, Extreme Endurance discount code is IMTALK, and that's one word, IMTALK. Okay, let's put some music on, Jombo. Here's some music. And good old Ken Hansen sent through this one. He's saying, I'd like to nominate Luke Nuts Nuttle for Age Grouper of the Week. Nuts is a Christchurch native who now lives in Sydney. Over the past few years, he has worked steadily towards a few goals, and in January, he completed his first iron distance race at Challenge Wanaka. With no swimming background, Luke managed to do a solid 1 hour 10. 5.52 on the bike and then 3.52 to finish in a great time of 10.55 on what we all know was a very windy and tough day. Luke has also ran several marathons with a PB of 3.02 and has completed the coast to coast longest day. He has a great attitude to training and racing is always putting a smile on the face of his mates when they are out there in the to gravel. 
and start to grovel. He has a diesel engine which just keeps on going and still manages to work full-time as an architect. What makes it even more impressive is that Luke once weighed over 120 kg and he's just under six foot tall. That's a lot. By making some positive life choices, eating better and exercising, he has steadily trimmed down over several years and tipped the scales at 82 kg before Wanaka. It goes to show that anyone with the right attitude and commitment can make positive change. Go the nuts! Go the nuts! Go the nuts! 120 kgs. Our sport does have that ability to transform people's lives, doesn't oh, it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things that, you know, when you look at transformation of people, some people do it really slow, barely, but with triathlon, once people get that itch, mm. you know, like that uh, 40 kg. You can put a 40 kg backpack on and try and go for, go for oh. a run. <laughs> that would be hard work. That would be tough, man. And it's not I wouldn't even be able to live, I wouldn't even be able to walk with that. You know, you know, it's like when you go to the airport and you're carrying a, a 20, 25 kg suitcase. Yeah. It's, have you ever been overweight? No. No, neither. No. I've been a little bit overweight once, but five kg more. Five kg. <laughs> yeah. I've never been like massively overweight. Like I do love that our sport, you know, like, and the good thing about Lucas is he's kind of sounds like he's done the John, you know, Newsom plan where he's taken time to to build into the sport and all the rest of it, and it's like. I always think that, like, and we talked to Sam quite soon, and she's saying about how, um, you know, our sport is the journey. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about good old Nuts, good old Luke Nuttle, is that he's really got the journey, and he's, you know, he's obviously learnt life lessons that are going to. Yeah, and he's had a great race there. And one of very balanced, you know, if you look at those times, balanced times 110, 552, 352 is, is a nice day, and especially on that bike course, 552 on that bike, you know, you often say maybe that's a little bit slow. Um, relative to maybe his strengths, but on that day, that's pretty handy because it was crappy, crappy, crappy conditions. Well, not crappy, windy. No, it was very hard day. Um, so nice work and nice work for the nominee Cam Hansen. As I said, did his first um, half Ironman at the weekend. What did he do? Singapore seventy point three. Finished thirty, I think thirty fourth overall. I think he was fourth in his age group. Was he happy with that? Uh, yeah. Good. Are hot, you coaching him? Hot. I've just been giving a little bit, bit of advice here. And there. Tips. He used to be. Uh, me and him used to race juniors together. You know what you should do, John Newsom. What? You should do um, web conferences, John's tip sessions, yeah. and what you do is you charge five bucks, yeah. anyone come in, you send out a list of questions that you're going to answer that day, and then you get a feedback on it as well. <laughs> well, people could divert and just send questions through here, we just talk. No, but then the people are getting real feedback based on their information right now. Okay. I'm just saying, just putting it out there, John. Like you know, it's tough times in Christchurch right now. Well, it is tough you've times. You've got to be expanding, expanding how you're making income. Yes. Okay, then, age group, oh, let's, do you want to do more music? Yes, we want more music. Oh, yeah, more music. Oh, wait a second. Luke Nuts Nuttall, you are our age group of the week. Love your work. Here's some music. Website of the week. We don't even do a counting for that. Uh, we were supposed to do different versions this week. No, though. no, we did, I think we did one traditional ones. Okay. Yeah, throw one in but the thing else. is, we just do it. Like we don't we, behind the scene, guys. We don't go three, two, one. Let's say it. Just say it. Just boom. So it's a simple. Uh, it was a website a lot of you might be familiar with, but and someone who sent it through, Dave and Nan Chambers. Um, but if you don't know about it, it is a good site. It's called MapMyRun.com. It's a bloody good site. It's also you can also use MapMyTry.com. It's basically the same thing. I'm a member, John. I pay for the service. Yes, well, tell us all about it, Bevan. Well, the reason I pay for it is because I've got running groups, and so. Um, the thing is, what they do is they a lot of the things that they do. I'm waiting. I'm just trying to log in. Um, a lot of things they do are limited unless you have the paid version. I think I pay forty bucks a year US. It's, it's not. I was paying for it as well at one stage, and it's it's pretty reasonable. And um, 
and but you just it's a lot more accessible there's a lot less ads and stuff and you can map and then send it out to people it's, it's just it's a really good way to see what you're doing really isn't it so the good thing is is um when you're mapping on it, you can uh, you can um, tell it to follow the road. So you can just go, you know, hit a point, then hit another point, and it'll just follow that road. And then you can. Um, can you do that? I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> you're paying for a service you haven't really been using very well. How do you do that? You go. No, let's not explain it now. But you basically you can do it. So you know you can't go 200 kilometres away. You've got to sort of map it a little bit along the way. Um, so you can, there you go. Follow roads. Oh, John, that's going to save me so much time. Yeah. You see. Go. Well, let's do, let's do a road that's a little bit bendy. Yeah, but if you don't want to go, if you go on a one-way street, it'll pull you up. But then, yeah, then, then then go somewhere down like here. This is great podcasting. Oh, look at that, John! <laughs> See, David, we've, we've, we've helped Bevan in his, his endeavours. So, but that, that's that's awesome how it does that. Um, what you get, what the key thing also for me, me so much time. is it also can give you the elevation. Yeah. Um, yep. And it can also give you directions and all that sort of stuff. And you can print it out into a PDF, and you can uh, put it into a, a file for downloading to Garmin's and all that sort of stuff. As to well. be honest, you have to admit that maybe long term this is a, will be a dying thing because our phones and our devices will maybe have map out, like my phone can map my run for me afterwards, mm. which is quite cool. But I know for me, with my running club. You know, I use this as a way to communicate how what runs we're going to do each week, yep. and it's a really good tool for that. So if you have a group of people who you go out running with, or you've got a tri club and you're planning some runs, it's just a really good website to, you know, to communicate where you're going to be running with your group. And it gives you elevation as well, which is key for like for epic camp and stuff. We can see when we're going to get hit with the big climbs. Don't always take it if you're going on some real, real back roads. Um, don't always take it as gospel because I remember we were doing one camp in in Italy. And uh, we thought we were done for the day, and then we hit this bloody really steep, oh, really? Really steep hill. Uh, so Bevan's having a great time just zigzagging through the red zone, which you can't even get into yeah. in Christchurch. I said I'm doing a marathon through the random streets of Christchurch. So mapmytry.com. No, it's map my run. Map my run. But they do do map my try as well, don't um, they? There you go. And thank you, David Nan Chambers, for bringing that to our attention. Okay, John, I'm going to spend some money. Right. Sponsor is coffeesofhawaii.com. So, so we have to talk about how easy it is to buy. Wait, John, I need to find my wallet. You start okay. talking. Uh, so Bevan can use his discount codes. If you go to imtalk.me, if you click on the Coffees of Hawaii logo, you can go through got various different discount codes. Um, and they're also they're doing something for Japan here. The link between Hawaii and Japan is strong. Our thoughts and prayers go to those affected on, by last John. week's disaster. To help those affected save 20% on any purchase and will donate 5% directly to the American Red Cross and International Relief Fund. Enter the pro, co- pro code JAPAN at the checkout. The sale ends through Tuesday, so it's uh, tomorrow. Okay, so you go to Coffees of Hawaii, you go buy online. I'm going to buy some coffee. What kind of coffee should I buy my dad? I don't know what he like. He just likes a good strong coffee. A good strong coffee? Yep. So let's go Kona? Yeah. Kona blend? Yeah. Kona Nightingale, roast? No, those are ones with flavours to them. He just wants good old hardcore coffee. Mer- Maui coffee. Do you know what? This might not be a very good podcasting. No. Well, Bevan's going <laughs> to get on there and he's going to buy some coffee. He's going to have a look through, find what, find what he likes, and... I'll let you know how the process goes. But basically, if you are looking at gifts, it's a great gift. Yes. Especially for men. Yes. Because we've talked about this in the past, but men are hopeless to buy for. And my dad's hopeless. And my dad, so what you do with my dad is you buy him a voucher. Is that what you do with your dad? Oh, I sometimes buy my parents' dad clothes. This do you buy your dad clothes? Well, he's terribly bad dresser. So uh, we try to... Kind just, of drop hints. Yeah, yeah. 
So my dad's actually not bad when it comes to fashion. Yeah. Keeps it simple, but yeah. always looks sharp. Yeah. But so I did think, well, but you, I used to mind vouchers all the time, and then one day I went in his drawer. Guess what I found? Vouchers. Ten years of vouchers he's never used. So, coffees of Hawaii, guys. Buy gifts for men. There you go. Okay, what's next on our show notes here, John? Interview oh, interview. Sam so here comes the interview with Sam Warner. If you want to get a TT helmet, you got one day to get it on our eBay auctions. Sam Warner. Here she goes. New Zealand legend, Sam Warner. Okay, right. On today's show, we've got uh, recent Ironman New Zealand winner, Woo! Sam Warner, also uh, Olympian, also uh, multiple World Cup champion, and also she won the set World Cup series for ITU Distance a few years ago. So a legend, John. Yeah, That's all welcome along to the show, Sam. Thank you very much. Thank you for the intro. It was lovely. It's okay. It's all fact. Yeah. It's all fact. You did it. Not, 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 we, don't, we, don't, we don't express our opinions here. We just go by facts. <laughs> um, obviously, we, we want to talk about Ironman New Zealand and, and sort of your plans ahead, but um, obviously, you know, one of the things you're doing over here, and it's getting a bit of coverage in the, the media, the magazines, etc., is, is, you know, actually doing a bit of coaching work and doing a thing called Sweat 7. So, you know, maybe just tell us um, briefly a little bit about that. Yeah, well, um, you know, I'm, I'm a sort of athlete that I do like to have balance in my life. And uh, when I came back from overseas, I was feeling a bit down and I didn't realize what, what the problems were. And I just came up with this idea that triathlon's given me so much. And I'm a big believer in it's a journey, not always the results, but, you know, how you get there to achieve those results. And uh, I just came up with this idea of Sweat 7. Um, it's sort of like my own coaching business I've been doing very quietly. And it's Sam Warner educating um, active training seven days a week and I just decided to choose seven women seven everyday women that have done maybe just a women's only triathlon or want to do a triathlon and want to make the next step up but they haven't got the confidence so I just put this saying anyone who wants to apply had over 300 women apply it was the hardest thing to decide I know I was just so overwhelmed by the response and by the gap that there is out there and those seven women that would then be part of my team and I would coach, mentor them through, you know, give them help along their journey. We blog, we had a Facebook page, we had a website and they blogged their journey as well. So other women can see how they, as everyday women with families, overcome an obstacle, cope with it and achieve their goals. Um, last week in our final race on March 14th, which is the New Zealand Nationals, and it was just amazing response. Amazed, amazed by what these women achieved, but also all the other feedback I've got from other women. And it just inspires me to do it again. I really, really enjoyed that side. And as I say, you know, for me personally, I came from an age grouper and achieved. And then one of the reasons why I think I achieved is I just kept working hard, kept believing, and I just kept taking everything out of the journey to sort of the journey until I got the final result. How did you determine um, which people you're going to use? Like with 300, that's a pretty big number. Oh. Oh, I know. It took me ages. I think it was, I think it was harder than any race that I've done in my life. Um, I just looked at their stories and I just read and I just, I don't know how I did it really. I just looked at the stories and just seeing where they've come from and basically just chose it, chose it along those lines and just reading their stories and just thought, you know, how can these women give back and, you know, are they passionate like I was? Or is someone rung a bell like someone working really hard and wanting to achieve? Just just something just tricked, just clicked with the women I chose, and I'm very proud of the women I did chose, although there were so many others out there. And the worst thing is some of them come up to me and said, oh, I was one of your Sweat 7, you know, you know, applicants, you know, thank you for replying, but I was glad I didn't get on, and I felt terrible because I wanted to say, oh, I wish I could have helped, you know, but that's, you know, that's life, and uh, 
you know, already inspired and planning for next year. So, and I've already got people emailing me saying, when is it coming out? When is it coming out? So you never know. <laughs> Hey, I mean, obviously um, the people that are listening to our show are generally going to be people that are doing Ironman, so they've got a bit more experience, but they often get they're in the position where they do have you know, novice people or they want to help out novice people. Um, what, you know, what sort of advice do you give to people who are trying to help out those ones who have just started and, and coming from the perspective of somebody like, maybe not like you, like a world sort of champion athlete, but somebody who's, who's a good a good athlete, um, what advice can you give them to maybe not smoke the people that are coming to them or, or ways they can motivate and encourage them? I think um, always be positive with them. I think really, you know, you have a role as a mentor as well as just setting the training programs. Be positive with them. Always look for the best. You know, if they have a session where it's not gone well, try and just say, well, you didn't go well, but hang on, you know, the session before did. Or, you know, if you've been watching the session, it's not going well. Just say, well, hang on, you did start well or you did finish. Always bring out a positive and always know that, um, you know, there's a long-term, it's the long-term goal that matters. It's a journey. So it doesn't matter what happens here and now. It's it's the long-term journey. And I'm a big believer in patience and consistency of good training. And at the end of the day, I always say to my athletes, is if you go to bed at night and say, right, you know, is there anything I could have done better today um, to achieve my long-term goal? And the answer is no. Then that's all you could do. So I really do think it is just being positive, just making them realize, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a journey. You know, it's, it's a long process. Rome wasn't built overnight. And just making them take out the positives, let them see it and build on that. Oh, well, we'll look forward to next summer and, and tracking the progress again then. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, you know, over the last couple of years, you've, you've changed your focus from um, doing short course, you know, the ITU series to, to Ironman. Um, if my memory serves me correct, and do correct me if I'm wrong, was it, I think it was 2008 you won the series, and then 2009 yeah. was a bit of a an up and down year for you for for you know for various different reasons. I mean, what what really was it? Was it that 2009 season that really sort of you know, meant, meant you wanted to change and go up the distance? Yeah, I mean, 2009, like you say, unfortunately I had um, I was knocked off my bike by a car, so that really affected the 2009 season. And, you know, really I've always wanted to do Ironman. It's been on my bucket list, and I've always wanted to see how it would go at the longer distance. And I suppose because I had dabbled in 70.3s using it for my base training just to get me fit that way, I suppose when the car accident happened, it did make me look at, back at my career. It made me appreciate as well, like, you know, you've just mentioned what I've achieved in ITU. It made me realize, it's like, wow, I have achieved an awful lot in ITU. And it wasn't to that stage when I looked back to reviews because I had to make decisions that I realized I achieved really a lot in ITU. And then I also looked at, like, what I was you know, what I was doing in 70.3s at the longer distance, I was still performing there, yet I really didn't know what my potential was in that distance. So really what happened due to circumstances, you know, people say everything happens for a reason. And when things do like that happen, you really do take a look and evaluate. And I just thought, right, well, I have achieved a lot in ITU. You know, um, I'm happy with what I've done there. Perhaps now is the time to step up and move on to the other distance. And because I was getting the results in 70.3, that also reaffirmed it. So I just decided to, you know, now is the time. Let's make the next step. Let's step up to the new distance. And, uh, yeah, and I've been enjoying it. You know, going from ITU, um, you're, uh, I'm still losing my voice, but you're going from a really good support network, you know, with ITU, you're kind of government funded and all that kind of stuff. Then going into Ironman, where it's very much you're kind of left on your lonesome. What's that transition been like in that regard for you, being from, you know, like a really supported athlete to being an Ironman athlete where you maybe don't have that same level of support or has that support still stayed the same? No, 
no, obviously, we, you know, I get no support now from TriNZ or from Spark. I'm just basically, you know, doing it on my own. And that was really hard at first. Um, it's also very hard as well sometimes because, you know, if you do have the low days or the bad races or, you know, things come up like a heart operation, which you have something to pay for, it does come hard because you're thinking, wow, you know, like all these youngsters are getting a lot more, you know, they're all part of this Olympic development squad or medal squad. And sometimes you think, wow, I achieved those results and I'm not getting any help. But at the end of the day, I look at it, the point of view is like, I can go around with an attitude, have a chip on my shoulder. Um, you know, and that's also because we weren't lucky enough to have those systems or that support around when we were coming through, but that's just because the sport's evolved. But at the end of the day, I look to be, say, I want to be the best I can be, and to be the best I can be, this is what I need to do now. So I try and just ignore that and just think, well, I'm a, I'm a triathlete. I want to be the best I can be. If I'm going to get that support, great. If not, I'm still going to do everything I can to be the best I can be. And so things like that, you know, yeah, it's happening, but at the end of the day, I'm happy with what I'm doing. I'm enjoying what I'm doing, and I'm living the dream as well. And unfortunately, I just wasn't around the time when that support system was in. And, uh, you know, you can go around, like I say, with a chip on your shoulder and like, ah, that sucks, and it's not fair. But at the end of the day, um, that's not going to make me any stronger, and it's not going to make me any better. So I just make do with what I've got and enjoy what I've got. And, and yeah, and, and to be honest, I'm still living the dream, and that's what I'm happy with. One thing that really, you know, obviously struck you down late last year was a, was a heart condition. Um, tell us, you know, a little bit about that and 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 how serious it was and how long it knocked you out of training prior to, you know, obviously the Ironman New Zealand last couple of weeks ago. Yeah, well, basically, I just, I mean, it was happening um, during my race towards the end of my racing last year. I just couldn't work out what was going wrong. You know, I was doing the training, but I just wasn't performing. So, you know, it was the decision was made that, you know. Um, let's just call it a day, you know, the end of the season, unless a fairy tale ending was going to happen at the World 70.3 champs, I really wasn't going to perform the way I wanted to. So I made a decision to come home back to New Zealand because I love being in New Zealand. It's my home, my husband. I thought all those things would help me feel better. I'd have a break and I had four weeks totally off. I've never had such a big break in my life, but I thought, well, something's not right. Perhaps it is the body just saying, Sam, you know, I've been training for so long. Let's just give me a total break. So I took four weeks totally off. And then um, I started training like anyone else, you know, one thing a day, maybe 20 minute run and a you know an hour's bike but every time I would train my heart would just race it would just go up to 230 within 20 minutes and yeah. uh, you know that really I know well that really starts sending alarm bells off because you know I'm thinking I'm rested I'm, I'm you know I'm feeling best I've been sleeping I'm rested you know I've done all the things I wanted to do in the four weeks and unfortunately I still couldn't train so that really did scare me and I think the biggest thing that scared me was when I was out training and the heart rate would go high I felt sick I had to stop and I couldn't train and when you know that you are meant to be rested and there should be nothing wrong and this is happening, it was really scary. So, um, you know, luckily I managed to get the support I needed. I went to the Auckland Heart Group and they gave me a monitor. And, uh, yeah, they found out that I had this SVT, which basically is a racing heart. And for some reason, we, you know, it doesn't know why, but obviously it's very common in endurance athletes. My electrical pathways had sort of expanded and instead of going through... Um, going through the through the pacemaking node that you have set in your your heart, it was jumping over and sending double the amount of uh, electrical impulses to my atriums, which was making them pump twice as fast. You know, with the heart, you do have, you know, the function of the heart and you have the electrical wiring. And luckily, my function was all good and all great, but it was the electrical wiring that was causing this problem. Oh, interesting. What do they do to fix it? Sorry? What do they do to fix it? Oh, um, basically, I had to go into heart surgery. It was um, invasive, so they went up through my groin, 
sending up these instruments and basically they just short-circuited. They lasered it so they stopped the electrical impulse. So it's just basically, yeah, they cut off that circuit. So basically if the impulse was sent there, it came oh. to a blockage and that was it. It was, it was apparently it's a very, um, you know, although going into the operating theatre and I'm going to surgery and I thought, my God, this is like TV, what you see, you know, see on those hospital programmes. Um, apparently it's quite a very straightforward um, procedure. They got mine on the third attempt and yeah, it's been very, very successful. And to be honest, I can't really, I can't tell you even now sitting here, my heart just feels so much calmer. Obviously from doing the Ironman training, downloading all the heart rate data, my, you know, when I'm in a zone, it's a straight line where before when I downloaded, it was always zigzagging and I just thought it was normal, but I can see the difference now. So for me, I can't believe the difference. Nice. Hmm. Oh, on to tap, obviously. Um, Oh, yeah. I, I do recall last year, I think, was it a Rev 3 iron distance you did? Um, and I can't actually remember, yeah. big. I, th- I think you were, were you third or fourth or something like that? Maybe just tell us yeah. a little bit about your um, first experience and contrast that to Taupo. Well, um, well, in my uh, first ever attempt at the Ironman distance, it was the Rev 3 because I was winning the series. So I wanted to go to, 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 to win the overall series and be voted as the world's most flexible triathlete, which I did win when all my points were added up. However, I went into that race and, uh, well, basically in the travel over to the race, my bike, the frame cracked. So thanks to Trek, they managed to get a new bike for me, but obviously it was set up the day before the race. So I only had one 20 minute ride on it. And uh, you know what it's like when you get a new bike, the new feel, the position wasn't quite right. So um, I, you know, I went into the race knowing that I had to finish. So I managed to get through the... um, the bike ride, although for the last 10 miles I sort of sat up because I wasn't very comfortable. And, uh, you know, from what I've learned now, you know, obviously it's all about being aerodynamic on the Ironman for that distance. And there is no way my position was aerodynamic. And uh, I didn't have the best race. I got off and I ran. I just managed to hold on to the run, but I got all my pacing totally wrong. Um, going into this Ironman, I had a completely different attitude. I actually understood how you race the Ironman, where I really didn't have that um, understanding um, when, when I went last went on so I made lots of mistakes but you know you have to learn that and even though with this Ironman it went well there were still mistakes I made and I learned from it but uh, yes it wasn't one of my best experiences but I suppose that's me as an athlete whatever happens I just hang on and I just keep going and it got me through and I managed to win the series but I wouldn't put it down to one of my finest moments or one of my finest racing <laughs> races. So going into Taupo um, the field was pretty strong what were your expectations leading into the race? Um, to be honest, I didn't put any expectation on myself. I just knew how lucky I was to be on the start line. From being in a hospital bed on December the 1st, not being able to train, um, you know, you know, in all of November, not knowing what was wrong with me and then having the operation, I really could not expect anything else than to be on the start line, you know, you know hoping to complete the distance. Yeah. So um, whenever I got nervous or worried about, about, the other, about other girls or about the race itself, I just kept thinking well, you know, hang on a minute, Sam, it's a bonus you're actually here. You had, you know, December the 1st, you were on the operating table, and now you're going to complete one of the hardest races in the world, you know, an Ironman. Um, and I also looked at it as well that I don't think, you know, like we like you say, we had an amazing field there, but I really couldn't look at the other girls. Obviously, I knew their strengths. Obviously, Rinda Carfrey, world champion, like a rocket on the run, the fastest runner, you know, at the distance. But I couldn't look at it that way. I had to look at it and think, right, okay, you know, 
the Ironman itself is a challenge. The distance itself is a challenge. How the hell is Sam Warren going to accomplish that the fastest she can go? So I really was just focusing on, you know, I'd done, I knew I'd done the training. I knew what I had to do. The, the case was to focus on doing what I needed to do at that moment. And so I went into the race just focusing on how I could make Sam Warren go as fast as I could at every second. And that's all I focused on. And to be honest, that kept me very calm before the race and during the race. You obviously, you know, you led from start to finish in what was a, an absolutely miserable day. Um, you know, d- did you perform to the level that you'd hoped in terms of, you know, across the board? Obviously, swim looked like it went well, bike looked like it went well, run. Obviously, you know, the, the, the main girls were a long way back, but they were, they were closing on you. How, how was the run for you? Well, yeah, I mean, like you say, I mean, um, I had a great swim and a great bike, you know. I, I had a, such a good swim. It was probably one of my best of my career. And I was like, and someone said to me, you know, don't worry how the swim goes, Sam, it's the warm-up. And I was like, great. The one time I have a best swim, you know, <laughs> telling me that's just the warm-up. But anyway, I got out there and I just knew what K pace and what is I had to stick to on the bike. And to be honest, that's all I did. Um, you know, I was surprised to be out front like that because it is much harder to be at the front. And I was out front with no one else around me. And it, that's quite daunting, and especially being my first Ironman, you know. But I knew I had to focus on it and I knew what I needed to do. So I just kept doing that. Like you say, the run, no, the run didn't go at all how I planned it to be. You know, I did run totally off the K pace I wanted to. But at the end of the day, I can look at it and say, God, I had such a bad run. Um, and that would, you know, and when I, you know, when you get come down from your high of winning and you actually do your debrief on the race you think god my run time was you know but when i look at it now i think that well hang on a minute sam you were leaving i had to basically like on the run things weren't going my well but my way but i had to stay tough mentally i just had to do what i could with what i got so for me i'm really really pleased of how i mentally toughed it out how i didn't get rough when i heard that the other girls were chasing me down i just kept my plan and just hung on there and I think you can train for an Ironman, you know, the physiologic side, but, I, you know, and everyone tells you about the last 10K and you're always prepared, but mentally, I don't think, you know, I, that last 10K was hell, but all I was determined to was to get through it. And I have to say that being in New Zealand, being the New Zealand Ironman, you know, we love the Aussies, but we hate them, especially in sport. And no <laughs> disrespect to really, but when you've got the whole of New Zealand along the lakefront cheering you on and an Aussie chasing you down, you can't let the Kiwis down. So I had that bonus as well along the last 5K. So, um, you know, with, with that last kind of 5K to go, you, you, you had a bit of a lead. Did you, were you worried that she was going to catch you or did you still kind of, were you confident enough to go, as long as I can keep to my plan, I'm going to be okay? Um, if, you know, you have that debate, you know, I don't think you can, you know, deny it when, you, when you're running, you know, when you're hurting so much and you're a lot of pain and you just know, you know, that you've only got, like, five to K. In the back of the mind, you have that voice saying, you know, she's going to catch Sammy, catch, catch you. But you've got to control that voice. And all I was doing was controlling it, saying, I'm doing the best I can now. I'm running as fast as I can. Just keep this pace going, and she won't. So I really had to be strong mentally, control the negative side of it. Um, and then, yeah, and then with about probably 2K to go, I saw my husband and I coached, and I saw a little bit of emotion as if they were getting excited. And I thought, oh, I might just have this. And I think that then just raised me to think you have got this now Sam now just you know just keep going so um I knew how I knew she was chasing down and it's Miranda Carfrey so you just know what a quality runner and with Miranda as well I know she only had to come to this race to qualify but I've trained with Miranda and I know Miranda is an athlete and it doesn't matter she's an athlete that can perform well consistently time after time because she prepares so well so I knew that you know although she only had to qualify she still would be in a great shape and she would still be running well so I just had to 
keep that negative voice away and just do what I could do now and, and hold on and stay mentally tough. In comparison, you know, you've achieved some pretty massive things over your career. In comparison to other big wins and stuff you've had, how did the Ironman New Zealand win kind of sit, you know, in comparison to his other races? Um, this is definitely a highlight, um, really real big highlight for me because A, of where I came from, you know, the journey I had to go through, how I had to get myself back to the state where I could stand on the start line, then back to being able to serve, won the New Zealand Ironman. So I'm really proud of myself. And also, you know, to do it in New Zealand, you know, I've not raced all year, all season in New Zealand. People saying, so you're not racing, why not racing? You know, and I've not been telling anyone until I got the all clear about the heart. To be able to come back and do it in New Zealand is the best feeling ever because, you know, you talk to any athlete, they love to race at home. There is always that added pressure of like, God, it was so good to do well in New Zealand. It's my home country. These are the yeah. ones that support me, the community here. So, it, yes, to be honest, that would be um, one of the highlights of my career and and I'm so proud of myself for doing it here and, um, yeah, definitely, definitely, if anyone says what's a highlight, this would be one of them, definitely. And in, in terms of the plans for the rest of the year, is, is Kona on the agenda and um, it's sort of what, 70.3s or what's your sort of uh, plan for this year? Yeah, definitely Kona. That is my ultimate goal or my ultimate race is Kona. I'd love to qualify for Kona. So now the plan is I head off overseas, actually next Wednesday to America to start accumulating points. Obviously, with my heart condition at the end of uh, last year, I really, you know, I really have not got a lot of points on the board. So my goal is to get enough points so I can qualify for Kona. So I head off to the States um, next Wednesday for the Texas 70.3 New Orleans and maybe St. Croix or Wildflower. But I'm going to um, build up to doing the Swiss Ironman um, and then come back to New Zealand and start my training for Kona if all goes to plan. Just lastly, um, how has your training shifted from going from ITU to Ironman? Is it being a big shift in what you're doing? Yeah, it has really. You know, the thing is, is when I came through ITU, ITU was very much, um, you had to be a strong swim, strong bike, strong runner. And now with the way the racing is going, it has slightly changed. It's more coming down to the run. Um, you know, you have to swim well, there's usually a bike pack, and then you run well. So for me, I've always been, you know, and I think that's the strength of my, um, strength of me, is I've always been strong in all three. Yeah. Um, not just one or the other. So there has been has been a change in terms of the volume and in terms of a lot more time trialing, which I really enjoy. I love being at the stage where when you get off the bike, you've gone as hard as you can and you're racing everyone else that's gone hard as well. You, there's no hiding. So I do love that in the time trial state. But it's also, I think, the attitude as well, you know, staying strong for long. You know, you're trying to keep the same pace, not slow down. It's not about going fast. And the other biggest thing I've learned as well is you don't react to others. In ITU, you're always reacting because something's happening. Mm. In, in the lot, you're just um, focused on... Um, in the longer races, you're focusing on what you can do now and staying strong for long. So it's a different mental attitude. Obviously, the different type of training because you've got to be strong for long. There's a lot more volume rather than intensity. But at the end of the day, the way Rinder Carfrey's running, you still got to run just as fast as uh, ITU. But, um, <laughs> you know... Um, but, yeah, there is a different change. But I'm enjoying the change, and maybe that's why I'm enjoying it, because I did what I had to do in ITU, and I stepped up. So the new challenge has been there. So, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. And what would the goal be for Kona? You know, we assume you will, you will qualify. What would the yep. goal be? Uh, once again, the attitude of being the best I can be. Um, you know, obviously, I'd love to say top five, but I appreciate Kona first time. You know, there's a lot of things that I've got to overcome. I'm racing girls that have raced there before. I haven't, so I'm going to their home territory. But at the end of the day, I'm just going to focus on my plan. I'm going to know what I have to do 
and just focus on doing that or executing my race plan the best I can do. And if I can do that, once again, I'm happy, but um, I'll give it 100%. I know I'm a tough athlete, and, um, yeah, I just, just, just hope to have a great race and enjoy the atmosphere. So we'll be out there on the sidelines over there wishing you all the best. So yeah, hear us before Thanks you see very us. much. <laughs> so, I hope so. <laughs> so. Yes, hopefully. Well, if I don't say hello, it's just because I'm a little bit of pain, but my little my little monster face will be a smile to say thank you, honestly. We'll it's not keep just chasing you on our bikes till you say hello. Yeah. So all the, best, all the best for the rest of your season and good stuff on um, the other things you're doing in New Zealand. It's great to see some people putting back into the sports. So um, have a good day and thank you very much for your time. No worries. Thank you for ringing. I really appreciate it. No worries. Sponsor. I know Sam Morris. She's going to win Kona this year. You, you, is that your prediction? No, I think she could. So do, her and Terenzo. I think she's going to win. Those are your picks. So co- I think they're both coached by the same guy. I think, I think they're both coached. By I think John they must Ackland. be because before the interview, she was saying. Yeah, so John Ackland up in Auckland. Because uh, he used to coach Joe Lawn as well, didn't he? He did. Yes. Yeah. Don't know if he still does or not. No, he doesn't. Doesn't. No, I suppose no. Amanda probably does now. Does he? No, I don't know. But I think she uses a coach, but I'm pretty sure it's no longer John. Right. Anyway, um, I think she could do very, very well. If she can refine that sort of ITU form for a few years ago. Uh, so got, and the good thing well. is, like, if we look at Ironman New Zealand, you know, she's got through so much just to get to that race and then mm-hmm. to win it, amazing. But, you know, it wasn't the perfect setup. Whereas she's got now a good 10 months, you know, eight, nine months to really kind of. If I was in her shoes, I wouldn't be doing another Ironman, though. I'd be uh, just doing 70.3s. But I split depends if she can get enough qualifying points from that. Well, if you anyway. choose the right races, and she's competitive, it's, you know, she's a good mm. 70.3 racer. And, wow. She's always obviously playing with her coach, John. Yes. And you always listen to your coach, don't you, John? Always Especially do. if his name's John. That's right. Okay, um, so say more on a sponsor. You haven't got a third sponsor up, or is it down there? Athlinks. Athlinks.com. Okay, Athlinks.com. John, what are we talking about this week? Well, the good folks at Athlinks, I mean, yep. obviously we'll talk about the, their site and stuff, but they were the ones that really came up with the, the um, hood to coast entry for us for um, for our auctions, which is, I think, up to about 1300 bucks. So, um, you know, and they're sponsors of that race. So we definitely want to thank them for doing that. Okay, John, well, let's put up their website and say what, what you want to do if you're putting on an event yourself. So one thing that John often does is he puts on little local triathlons. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you'll put on a random race somewhere and John's triple they're not T. random there. Although those ones are a bit random. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, it's, it's, you've, got your, you've got your like your different tier products. Yes. Your premium product, Festival Triathlon. Yes. Service to the T. John's triple T. Just bring your own Min- drink. <laughs> Minimal service. <laughs> hope hope it people was turn quad, up. Quad tea. Quad tea. It only happened once. It was a one, one-time event. When was the last time you did a random event? Because you used to do them quite a bit when we were out training. Yeah, well, that's, I was always when I, I needed you know, <laughs> it, was, it was basically John needed to do something. And I was like, but on, let's say you're in your local area and you've got all your triathlon buddies on Athlinks and then you want to put on some little random race or you want to make sure, you know, like it's six weeks out from Ironman and you want to make sure you get like a half Ironman simulation in a day in. Mm-hmm. Then what you can do is you go on Athlinks, you can post it on a wall, you can create an event, mm-hmm. and you can then you can let everyone know, hey guys, we're going to be doing this this here and then. Send it out to all your friends. Exactly. And if you've got, then obviously if you've got a blog or anywhere where you can actually post, post your results, then they'll go on there, they'll scan, I don't know how it actually works, but they somehow scan all those results in, and then you can have your event documented for history. So that's what you could do with that silly little trophy you did up there, you know, you could put on one of your websites. It's you not a silly little, little trophy, John, that's a well-earned the, the re- trophy. You can have the results from that event, um, yep. and that could be official. You know, I think Duncan has done it, actually. Right. Maybe I'll have to ask Duncan. Um, but yeah, because I do think the thing is, a lot of athletes would want those days. Like, you know, like John would often put on like a half Ironman stimula- simulation day and he'd just chuck it out there. 
and you'd get you know 20 30 people wouldn't you yeah. you know and it's just a training day but at the right time up leading up to a key race you could even maybe have an olympic size race and you know you can use athletes as a way just to show everyone the information about it send it out and then you know it's a good way just to communicate with the people in your community exactly so, so get on there get all your results up to date and and while you're there check out some of the amino vita yes amino vita you get some free stuff and we well, love free stuff so get on it athlinks.com athlinks.com okay questions and answers let's just check a couple up here right. uh, Mike Scott he was just saying he's the guy who's been organising is it no that's that Mike there Mike Scott's another Mike no, we've got two Mikes this is Dean 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 love the podcast great to relieve the boredom at work nice you need a new job uh, anyway John mentioned three peaks on the show well, actually I mentioned it but he was saying it does have 5,000 334 vertical metres of climbing. It's sold day at the office. It's pretty full on. But he also wanted to give a plug to another race that's happening, which is called uh, Tour de Tri, um, which is a race... Draw your attention to a website race later in the year in Australia. It's a fundraising event, relaxed atmosphere, and maybe something for those looking for something a little bit off-season over here. If you're grumpy like me, you can do it. Anyone... Uh, Anyone can, and it's cheap and good for a good cause. And it's called Tour de Try, and I'll put a link to that on www.iamtalk.me. And it's up around the Brisbane area. And it looks like you're doing, it's like a 24-hour race. Nice. Or a six-hour race, so it looks like it's pretty kind of epic. So check, 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 check it out. And then Mike Scott was the man who was organising Run for Christchurch, mm-hmm. the big event, and they've raised nearly $20,000. And he wanted to say a big, big ups to the rats in the Rotorua nice. Triathlon Club because they're doing their bit. And uh, lots of runs are happening all over the world in way to fundraise for Christchurch. And he just wanted to say, I think it ends pretty soon. So he just wanted to say, if we could give it one more plug. So go to www.runforchchch.wordpress.com. And again, I'll put a link to that on www.imtalk.me. And uh, it's good to see people out there supporting the world. I'm hoping someone's doing this for Japan as well. Because it'd be really great to see. Well, there was something, I saw Chrissy doing something the other day. And Paula Radcliffe and all that. Great, so, great. So if you guys, you know, like... You guys have been so supportive to us in Christchurch, and I think, you know, if you could somehow help the people in Japan as well, which I'm sure you are all are doing, because it's pretty crazy over there. Okay, um, Callum's photo. It's the Mountain Snails boy. I'm putting it up on the website, oh, okay, just yeah. to remind myself. So, um, Mountain Snails sent through a photo of his boy, yep. and they look pretty cool. Have you seen the photo? Yes, I have. It is pretty cool. It's a cool shot. They look yes. like real athletes. You said they went, there was two times you had a bargain bin, these tri-suits. And they obviously, I think they were adult sizes, and they were like New Zealand. But extra small adult sizes or something. But they fit some all right. Yeah, and it looks awesome. A great photo. I don't know how old he is. What is he, about 11 or something like that, maybe? Oh, I'm saying, yeah, about 12, I reckon. 12, yeah. 11. Yeah. And uh, it's looking good. Needs yeah. to get a bit, those quads need to expand in size a little bit, but. Oh, no, but it looks cool, man. And he's got a young lady next to him as well, so. Good, we're good on you, Callum. Anyway, um, so we, we you guys often sponsor us on the show, which is great to get us to Kona. And we've got some nicknames, John. Nice. It's time for nicknames. So these are the people. Put, your, put yours over there, so then we can go one for one. Okay. Oh, you've got, I've got them all. Oh, you got them all? Okay. Yeah. So, yep. well, these are the people who've been helping donate get us to Kona. So we must just say a big thank you. You know, Kona's our big event for the year, and we're going to work really hard to deliver amazing shows. Uh, we pretty much work 24-7 in Kona, don't we? We do. We do. We need to pull up Athlinks as well because they'll give me some clues for why, why I gave some of these people um, their different names. Okay, Athlinks.com. Maybe I should pause. Give me a second. I'm going to pause. I'd say Athlinks is heaps faster. Go Athlinks. Here we go. Pausing. So here we go. Here are the people who have donated the show. We've got some nicknames. John and I started off with Mike, Michael Beakley, Beakley, the natural. 
Okay. You like that? Yeah. The natural, you know, Michael, the natural Beckley. Okay. You, you got number two as well. Uh, Julia Jones. She's a smooth operator. Okay, nice. A smooth operator, Julia Jones. Ian Seahawk Burns. Tell me about it, John. Well, because I just looked on Athlinks' profile on Athlinks, and he's from, what's the name of the place he's from? Seaham, Seaham, yep. Durham. So I just kind of used that, and he looked like he was a hawk. He could fly pretty high. Nice. He looked like he was a hawk when he hasn't even got a photo on here. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, right, next one. Oh, how did I remember? How did I come up with this one? And, oh. oh, this is it. Yeah, Richard, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, Den, or D E H N. And I thought it sounded a little bit like Din. Yep. So I went, Richard, the noise, Din. Nice. Nice. That's a good one. Uh, regular contributor, Charles All Black Nickel. Oh, thanks, mate. Thanks very much. Right, this is an important one. Richard, the apprentice snail. <laughs> Tell the story, John. Last week he was emailing in saying we should change. He's been helped out with the program by John, the mountain snail Hancock, and so he is now the apprentice snail. Nice. I bet he loved it because he was complaining about <laughs> being called the mountain snail. Yes. <laughs> uh, you did the next one? Uh, Paul Bariegel. Um, we already had that name. Buster Spinner. Nice. That, that's a good nickname, actually. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. Yeah. Um, Matt Holden. I just, uh, oh, nice. nice. V8 Holden. Nice. <laughs> yes. For those of you overseas who don't know what a Holden is, a Holden is a car brand, an Australian car brand. Um, and in Australia, you either love Ford or Holden. And Holden is this kind of big manly car. And so Matt V8 Holden. Nice. Yeah. Mark, the beast of Basingstoke, Saunders. Is that where he's from? That's is where it? he's from. The beast of Basingstoke. David, this year's love, Grey. Do you know why I've called it that? No, it's in the song, David Grey. David Grey. Well, you had to go with yeah, it. So I went in a yeah. song this and I thought, this year's love. I know it's a bit kind of lovey-dovey. You're not mm. really a hardcore Iron Man. But mm. you know what, David Grey? You're this year's love. Nice. Oh, Steve Coy. Steve, the Lion King Coy. Nice. Yeah. Aaron, the interpreter, Hurwitz. Where'd that come from? Because he's a guy from, um, I think it's Israel, and you, every year we have the Israeli man or whatever, we can't do the That's results right. or anything. That's right, he is, yeah. And he helps us translate nice. a little bit. Yes, great. I pull, pull, put this guy's name in. in Athletics? Okay. And you'll maybe see why I came up with this. Kevin Lindkew, I think that's how you probably pronounce it, or something close to that. Um, the Muddy Duck Warrior. The Muddy Duck Warrior, John. So tell me why. Yeah. Oh, click, there click, we go. Click on that. He's and going have, for a run down look, a trail. Have a look at his... Um, he's obviously running a little bit muddy, but look at his foot plant. Oh, yeah. Because you know how some people... Um, you know, obviously some people are a little bit pigeon-toed, your toes come in. He's, when you're a little bit duck-toed, they go out. He's a little bit duck-toed. His foot plant, his, like, his toes are pointing at like a 90-degree angle away from his body. It's incredible. But do you think maybe it's just a one-off? Oh, I don't know, but it's it's. Surely you can't run like that. But he looks like he's a beast. He looks like he's going fast. He is, man. He looks like an animal. Um, Imagine him running at you. You wouldn't want to tackle him. So that's why I kind of put duck in there, and it's a bit muddy, so the mighty duck warrior. Nice. That's good. Um, that's you. Cameron, the Crusader Griffiths. Nice. Where would that come from? He's a picture on Athletics. He's wearing red and black. Oh, I love your work, Cameron. And red and black is the Canterbury Colours. Our rugby team is called the Crusaders. Canterbury, the Cru- uh, Cameron, the Crusader Griffiths. Dennis Wang. Smash and dash wing. Smash and dash wing. <laughs> nice. And the regular contributor, Mike, the farmer of Fox, Hewson. So for all those people who have donated to the show, we really do appreciate uh, your donations. If you do want to donate to the show and get your own I Am Talk nickname, the money is all going towards us getting to Kona. Go to www.iamtalk.me and on the link, uh, which says get us to Kona, you go to there and it takes you through to PayPal and all the rest of it. Um, 
just one thing, when you email us in for your questions and stuff, always put your um, your nickname in with the email because we too tend to forget them all. We don't tend to forget them all. But There's a lot there. Yeah, there is a lot there now. So if you do ever email us in, put your nickname in and we'll make sure we say it when we say it on the show. Um, and what we're saying, this week is going to go to the Earthquake Fund. Yep. So if you want to support Crush's Earthquake Fund, which we're hoping we'll get to $40,000. No, 15. <laughs> we'll definitely get to 15. Okay, so sponsors quickly. Coffeesofwire.com. Uh, I'll get some from my dad later on today. Extreme Endurance. Um, good customer service. And Athlinks.com. Try set up a race yourself. And seeing pictures of people. If you know, so, and that's one thing, if you if you do have somebody, you remember their name, or you, you go to a race, oh, and you that remember their name, yeah. and you uh, got, look got up name. the results, go and look at the results. Or check if that was their picture. Pack it up. Well, you could do a Romeo and Juliet style. You mm. see a chick mm. who's hot, and, and you, had a, you said hello to her. And she and she walked away, but still, you think there's hope. You've got something in common. You got something in common. You do triathlon. Mm-hmm. You find her on Athlinks. You, you double check. You see what results she did. You go to Ironman.com. You get a result. Mm-hmm. Go to Athlinks. See a photo. She's hot. You're in your messenger. You <laughs> Some would call it stalking. I would Some say would initiative. Yeah, doing your doing your piece. Okay, John, what's your gossip? Um, we've got some exciting news in the world of I am talk. The yeah, I'm Talk Studios are moving. And they're moving, John. They're going to my place. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a house. <laughs> and that house happens to be up a hill of a 10% gradient, which I'm going to have to climb up, and then down a driveway that looks like it's going to be just death wish. What do you mean? Was it, was it, I, I was bike past this morning. I, I was coming down the hill, so I didn't look too closely. But has it got a really steep driveway? No. Ah, oh, must have been next door. Must have been next door. I was like looking down the driveway going, holy no, crap, no, the driveway's that pretty looks steep. Yep. Okay, you're yep. all right then. So we bought a house, John, um, at the next level with the missus. It's right on the edge of the uh, John Newsom authorisation. I know, so I did right think that. I thought, because it's probably from your house it's to 10, my house. 10 minutes. Up the hill, right, but I'm right thinking 13. No, it's 10, I measured it today. Did you? Mm. 10 minutes. I'm on the bike. Yep, so I did I did think maybe I should consult you. Mm. I did go to Joe, look, I'm not sure if John's going to be happy. Mm. But she said, look, I think we'll, he'll be all right at this time. So Jude, I took a risk. Due diligence is still happening, though. Yeah. So is. I might just go around there and smash a few walls to the engineers <laughs> saying, no, this is this place. No, it's going to fall on top of the hospital down below. So we, uh, we put an offer in on a house um, on the weekend. We actually looked at the house in October, yeah. and we missed out because someone else had put an offer in it. Yeah. And But their house, uh, the sale of their house was conditional in selling this one. Right. And so they missed out. And then it must have gone off the market for a little bit. And so then uh, we went around and looked at it again this weekend. And it was kind of like, if you have all the things you want to tick in your box, it kind of ticks 90%. The, the kitchen's a bit dated. And so I think eventually we'll do up the kitchen. But the rest of the house is kind of perfect for us. And we're, we're quite fortunate. Flash. Yeah, it's a nice house. We're really, really loving it. So, um, But it's also quite cool because it's on the hill, but you've got a flat section. Nice. So you've got some good for entertaining and stuff as well. So uh, we're going to be moving in six weeks. But you know what's really cool, John? What's really cool? When you're by fact, it's in the 10-minute range, which I knew was pushing it. Has it got the dungeon area? like the No, we don't have a dungeon. Ah, uh, damn it. Yeah, but we might have a wine cellary bit. Right. So if you've got wine, you can bring it to our wine cellar. <laughs> but I could. I think you won't have to do the show in my bedroom anymore. Oh, dear. And you'll miss that. I will miss You'll that. miss this room, you know? Joe probably won't be too disappointed that we're not recording in your bedroom. And, and for the record team, I haven't bought sheets, mm. and I don't think I'm going to be buying sheets. Mm. So did I win? It's not about winning, John, is it? No. So it's very exciting times. Going to see lawyers today. It's an Who? expensive process. The lawyers, lawyers, you know. 
Where have they moved up? They're not in town anymore. No, they're not actually. I don't know where they are. Joe's sorting that out. Nice. Go see the bank tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Oh, give me a loan. Low interest rates right now. It's pretty it's good. It's really low. You just got to renew out. Six point five. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cheap. So, so that's really exciting. Um, what was your goss? Uh, no particular goss. Off to Malulabar this weekend. Oh, cool. So, I guess who's going to win? Is Bevan racing? No, it's only a World Cup race, so it's a second-tier uh, sort of race. Why, so why are you going? Just because you're athletes? Well, I've got my under-23 boys are racing, so it's a selection race for them. So. You're a good coach. Sorry? I get funding to do some things. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Okay, I was going to say, because it's unlike you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you get funded to go for this? Yeah, because I've got a number of guys that will be in the New Zealand team. I've got a girl who's made the under-19 team, and then I'll get uh, be pretty confident I can get somebody in the under-23 team, but it depends on this weekend. Hey, John. These guys are with you right now. You've built them up from kids. Yes. You've held their hands through the hard times, the good times. What happens after twenty three? Do they just drop you? Um, well, no. Then they race. Then they're racing elite. I know, but do they use you as a coach? Yeah. 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 Like, but, but, but ultimately, they, you want to get someone to the Olympics, don't you? Yeah, but then as they a coach. Will, well, I, to be honest, I, when they get to that stage, then they probably need somebody that's with them a lot more. Yeah. Um, and that, that's by the time those guys get there, maybe I'll be at the stage in my life where I can do that. Um, it's hard isn't it as a coach because it's like you've got to make money yeah yeah but your top guys don't make your money exactly so, um, so then when they come out of the under 23 division they get uh, providing they're in the high performance program then they get a, they get a bit of grace period you know maybe a year maybe a little bit more but then they have to start performing at the elite level and, um, and if they don't then they come off the high performance program and then they've got to sort of fend for themselves and um, cross that bridge when we get there how many guys make it like you know, how many how many guys right now and between eighteen to twenty three will get through to the next level? Uh, and first of all, how big's the pool? Well, that, it's, it always gets a full fit. Like at say New Zealand, there's probably and, and serious under twenty threes is probably about ten. Okay, I'd be say one you know one or two will make it um, wow. to being professionals where they're actually making, making a living, living yeah. but out of actually making it to top 20 in the world you know just be once every so often you know? really exactly. yeah yeah it's, it's tricky but like if i look at my era from when i came through um when i was in new zealand teams you know um nobody made it i don't think like bevan and gemmel were one year behind us but the guys who were say my exact year um what about before you so the guys a couple of years before you the year in front of me nobody um were you the hope no i was not the hope who was the hope um, oh, Will Smith, he's still going, but oh, he's pretty good at movies. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he made a good move. Cam, Cam Brown was, you know, he was probably a good few years in front of me. But yeah, like once every, you probably get so once every three or four years, you get one guy who makes it to a, a good high level. Yeah. What about overseas? I suppose it depends on the country, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. What about long term and New Zealand? <laughs> You're full of questions today. <laughs> I'm just curious about the, the kind of the state of our sport in New Zealand right now. In New Zealand at the moment, guys, we've only really got one guy who is potential world-class, and then we've probably got about four guys below that who have probably potential to be sort of top 25s. But the thing I'm thinking of, as is, is, is the longest wrap-up ever, is that it seems to be that triathlon has a lot more money in the country right now. You know, 10 years ago, 15 mm-hmm. years ago, you know, it was more a few guys were pretty passionate about it and some of it made it through the cracks. Right now, we seem to be, you, you know, you, what you guys are doing in our community is pretty great, mm-hmm. and I imagine it's happening in other cities as well. Probably not to the Christchurch standard, because right. I don't have John Newsom, but, yep. you know, there seems to be more of a pathway for our, our real young kids to come into triathlon. So, do you see us being 
more competitive long term for that reason. Like, do you think that right ten years from now we'll have thirty kids and maybe? Well, no, I think like you said, everybody's doing it, and the British have got the jump on everybody at the moment because they've been doing it for a while, and their programs yeah. they're really starting to filter through now. So, you know, the, yes, there is money in there, but most, basically most of the stuff that I'm doing is um, through through our triathlon club, and there's there's a bit of money there, but it's it's, it's not enough, and there's very few other places in New Zealand that are doing it. So I think you'll see the countries that have got very good resources, good money for their Olympic programs, they're just going to get better and better. You know, Germany, UK, probably America, um, they're just going to start to get a bigger pool of athletes, and that's what you've got to do. You've got to get this big pool of athletes, you've got to get good coaching in place, and then you just get a huge drop-off rate, but it's just a numbers game. Yeah. And, um, and, yeah, we, we might be lucky enough, but I think, you know, those big countries are going to start to really push ahead a bit. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, it's a good sport in New Zealand, so it gets a good profile. So we'll always be there or there. And we've been successful, haven't we? Considering the size of our country, like we're yeah. we've done, we're, we've overachieved, haven't we? We have punched above our weight. Punched above our weight. Okay, John. Well, I think that's enough. That's enough for this Any week. Any other goss? What are you uh, on to this weekend? Going to What are you up to this weekend? Going to Neden. I think you. I think I'd rather go to <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the people didn't. <laughs> uh, uh, Iron Rust. I mean, don't train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. <laughs>